Hey, welcome to episode 57 of the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show. Uh, breaking news. Uh, actually just found out that uh, the Red Sox fired uh, Kyle Bloom within the last five minutes. So uh, for all you rumor mongers out there, last night uh, in a couple separate discussions, uh, I heard the name Theo Epstein bantied about. My response was, knowing what he knows about who they are, he would never in his wildest imagination go back to that situation. That being said, you can make your own conclusions. So, interesting. Uh, that was, what, four years? Bill, yeah, he was on the job yeah. for four years. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm not really sure I I was a fan. Um, don't didn't, never really knew the guy, but I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of the moves. Uh, I didn't understand a lot of the moves. Growing that team, they didn't really grow. Well, you, as a sports fan, you get the Monday morning quarterback, and when you Monday morning quarterback, and you still can't explain it, right? For, you know, I mean, yeah. So, uh, and we'll we'll uh, maybe uh, 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 next week we'll go into depth about the things that he did. Uh, and did wrong because I think he did a lot of things uh, wrong when he was in Boston. But we're going to kick off the show with Max Scherzer or close down the season with Max Scherzer. Uh, he's going to miss the rest of the regular season and he is quote unquote unlikely to pitch in the postseason after straining a muscle in his upper arm. He was uh, he had made eight starts since he was dealt, posted a three two. Are you through all right? Um, left Tuesday's start against Toronto. <laughs> When the teres major, a muscle that connects the scapula to the, the head of your uh, humerus, tightened up. MRI revealed a low-grade strain that won't require surgery. Uh, typically, the, these things take a month to heal. This, this, this stuff is all just poop. Team doctors feel confident they want the surgery will heal without, it'll heal without surgery, uh, and it'll heal with rest. You need a couple of weeks of not throwing. Scherzer said he needed a couple of weeks of not throwing. I guess I can't hide the fact that that I'm down on this guy. Uh, Bill, I, we've talked about it. In October, stiff neck, couldn't pitch in the postseason. Uh, in October, couldn't pitch, tired arm. Um, and then all of this stuff. Nobody actually knows other than than Max what how physically incapable he is. You know, the, the, all the Terry's minor and Terry's major stuff is all absolute speculation namely because until you open him up you can't see they're not going to open him up and he's going to rest and all the things that go with that but i would argue all of the uh the dialogue around this situation is done to save face for both both groups big deal the deadline to get this guy big deal for him to go there they've got him under contract next year again at some obscene number like um, 45 million yeah, 45 million so everybody's kind of scrambling to save face, I would just say this is just a an enormous disappointment on so many levels. On a team that has bounced back from a right. rough spot and are playing really good baseball. Well, it's a, yeah, they're they're a good team without Max Scherzer. They're a very good team. They're one game behind Houston in the West. They're in the wild card uh, up in front of Seattle and Toronto. It's going to come down to the final couple of weeks, and this new playoff format's going to end up being a huge thing. Um, but I, I I don't even know what to 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 go and I. You know, I'm always uh, um, trying to be cautious as I talk about physical issues with guys, but there's just some guys who are um, unable to to toe the slab uh, when others can. I don't know any other way to put it. 
Um, it is what it is. And the, the Rangers are going to be without Matt. There's no chance he pitches in the playoffs. On the Atlanta, Matt Olson, uh, Bill, we were talking a little bit before the show. This one kind of caught people by surprise. Uh, well, I, I, I'm sorry. It's caught me by surprise, and I think there are people around baseball who might be surprised that this guy, when you look at his numbers, isn't in the conversation with the Kuna Betts and Freeman for the MVP. Uh, hitting 279 with a 385 on base percentage, 51 home runs, and 128 RBIs. Braves have already set a record for home runs in a season. Uh, he ties Andrew Jones for the record. Pretty good group here. In his first 80, 181 games, he has 226 home runs. The only players who got there faster were Pujols, Juan Gonzalez, Albert Bell, Harmon Killebrew, Aaron Judge, Ralph Kiner, and Ryan Howard. That's uh, good company. Yeah, it is. That's very, very good company. The Braves also were the first team to win their division. So, I, And, and I, I've never felt that that's one way or the other as far as clinching early. Depending on your manager, some teams it doesn't do them a favor because they can let out the gas and picking it back up in October can be a bit of a challenge. But they're just so talented. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see a path through through them in a seven game series. And in uh, kind of a, a harken back to something we were talking about earlier, the Dodgers called up Kyle Hurt, they're uh, the number twelve pitching prospect on somebody's list. Uh, he came into his first game, faced Tatis Soto Machado. Fly out, ground out, ground out, then punch out the side in the ninth. 19 strikes and 24 pitches. The power arm at the back of the bullpen. He's a 2025th round pick out of USC. He's 25. Pretty impressive here. And between double and triple A this year, 145 punch outs in 88 innings. Uh, upper 90s guy um, with three other pitches. Uh, you start given the fact that Walker Bueller is doing exactly what what what, we, what I said he would do, which is he's not he's done. He's not going to pitch anymore uh and this i think was a huge mistake bringing him back um they definitely rushed him yeah yeah they did and and it, it rushed him or not he never would have been ready for the playoffs and that would have been the worst thing possible hopefully so, he hurt himself in the meantime so the question i i ask because i i put this this note together how do you know if this kid uh hurt is ready to pitch in the in the playoffs well so think about this game as a playoff appearance for him, right? This is his first appearance in the big leagues. No more stress that you won't ever have any more nerves than that. You might be as nervous, but there are certain situations that you can kind of project an October frame around. One of them is your first appearance because that's you're as nervous as you're going to be in that moment. You'll never be more nervous. You might be as nervous, but that was who this kid is. Uh, plus plus stuff, multiple plus pitches, uh, clearly a swing and miss bat that they'll be able to plug it. They've got enough injuries. They'll be able to plug him in somewhere. Um, hopefully, you know, it, he has that back end of the bullpen mentality. The fact is, here's the thing. It doesn't matter that the game was 11 to two. The score is irrelevant for a kid in that, in that's coming in that game. When that's your first big league appearance, the score is, you know, you're not even, the score is the last thing on your mind. So he was pitching uh, as nervous as he could be and clearly has this stuff. And so, facing three studs. Yeah, he gets the first three guys out. And, you know, to be fair, you're an upper 90s guy. You got three hit. I don't care who they are. They're seeing you for the first time. You have the advantage. But then he punches out the side in the ninth, throws a lot of strikes. That would be interesting. That You know, you, you've got two weeks to kind of figure him out. And this gets back to spring training. This is, you know, these guys in spring training, he was up in big league camp and – 
co- around the coach. Everybody kind of knows what kind of guy he is. They know if he can, if he's built for this. And they'll know if he can take on more high leverage innings, and they'll probably give him a couple chances to to pitch some high leverage innings just to get a feel for for what he's how his stuff plays out. And then in Philadelphia, I mean Trey Turner, holy crap! If you ever wondered how fans can impact players, look no farther, uh, no further than that. I mean, this is since since he got his ovation, he has been probably one of the two or three best hitters in all of baseball. Just went on an, uh, a 13-game spree where he hit 11 home runs, joining Ryan Howard and Mike Schmidt as the only players ever in Philadelphia history to do that. He's hitting 272, 395 over his last 30 games, 26 homers, 75 RBIs, 27 stolen bases. He's going to end up – you remember the discussion early in the year about how horrible of a signing this was, Bill, but he's probably going to end up a 30-30 guy. Right. <laughs> After all that. And an incredibly steady glove. Right. At shortstop. Well, one of the other things is is, and I always say this to guys when you're playing fantasy or or whatever. Um, you can't panic in a baseball schedule. Players' numbers will eventually end up where they're supposed to be if the player is a consistently good player. Don't care what kind of April he has; they'll find a way back to the mean um, for the most part. Uh, speaking of mean, uh, John Means goes uh, comes back into. The Orioles rotation, if you don't remember him, he was a runner-up in 2019 for Rookie of the Year, an All-Star, been out at 17 months. Threw five, gave up five hits, two homers, no walks, took the loss, uh, 75 pitches. He uh, Grayson Rodriguez, who we talked about in the preseason, who was probably my favorite pitching prospect in the game next to Painter, uh, has got a 2.95 ERA over his last 10 since he's – so he's rounding into form. Um, Kyle Bradish. 145 innings, 3.03 ERA. Uh, you got Kramer and then veteran Kyle Gibson, who have both made all their starts. Gibson's struggling a little bit lately. But the the Rays are uh, hosting – or the, the the O's are hosting the Rays for a four-game series, and they're up two in the East. So kind of like the weekend of uh, comeuppance in Baltimore to find out if this was all real. And it's all real. I, I mean, this series isn't going to turn it one way or the other. My opinion, Baltimore's legit. They're a legitimate contender for the World Series. More if breaking we... news here, too. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle on Wednesday night hurt his shoulder. So they're calling up Kirsten Kerstead, who's another yep. potential rookie of the year candidate down the road to go with everybody else they had. So, and at holidays, still in the minor leagues. Yes. <laughs> their best the best in the game prospect yeah so they're stacked if they don't screw it up they project to be a contending team for a good good set of time the next couple of years is a minimum quickly julio rodriguez of the mariners goes 30 30 with a game tying home run uh on monday night 44th player in history you're gonna st- i think you're gonna start seeing a large number of players enter that club with stolen bases changing the way they're changing. Not to diminish the feat, but it's not going to be the same. Um, but it's still a special number. Let me remind you that we're talking about Julio Rodriguez, who didn't he hit like 41 home runs in the home run derby one round? And he did. He had uh, 54 hits in a three-game series or some stupid number earlier this year. He just became a member of the 30-30 club. He's 22 years old. He's the fourth player to be 30, 30 at 22 or younger, joining Acuna Jr., Mike Trout, and A-Rod. So, uh, yeah, you're in uh, what we call good company. And, I, I, you know, if you're a Mariners fan, it's a good it's a good time to be a Mariners fan. 
Darvish, you Darvish to the Padres, done for the year. Uh, not he's um five year deal <laughs> for ninety million with the Padres, and he's uh, thirty seven now. Deal takes him through his age forty one season, but he is uh. He's done. Stress reaction on the tip of his right elbow prompted him to shut down his throwing program, hoping to avoid surgery. Stress reaction on the tip of the elbow. <clears throat> Generally, this, that's this. Uh, nine times out of ten, that's bone chips. Your as your your elbow kind of locks in like this when your arm, your arm rotates back and forth. And and when your joint this joint right here, sometimes what will happen is this bone will start to chip off little pieces of cartilage in there and you get bone chips. They settle into the, into the joint and it's uncomfortable. I actually had it um, in 1994 at the beginning of the year, tried to pitch through it. Uh, and it was a miserable, miserable experience and ended up having surgery. But the, on the plus side, I had surgery and I was ready to pitch in the big league 17 days later. So it's not invasive surgery if he has it. And that's what it is. How old were um, you in 94, Kurt? 28. 28. He's 37. Does that yeah. make a difference? No, it, it, if it's if it's what it sounds like, if it is bone chips, it's very non-invasive surgery. They go in, they can take. And nowadays, I can't even imagine, but they don't they don't cut you open. They can make a little portal, go in there, grab the grab them, take them out, and really do no damage to the tissue. The only thing you have is a little scar to heal up. Now, if there's more damage, then obviously we're talking different. But for the most part, it's it's nothing. So. As a Padre fan, I'm certainly not concerned about Darvish's chances for next year. You could theoretically, like I said, I had it, and 17 days later, I was ready to pitch in the big leagues. You don't miss much time. Yeah, if I'm a Padre fan, I'm not really worried about it. But I'm also worried about what I was just to watch this season. Yeah, and, well, the Padres fans have plenty to worry about. So Yeah, and it's a, it's a knowing who the coaches are there, that they couldn't get it fixed and righted concerns me. Tells me that um, – there's some issues inside that clubhouse from a player's perspective that needs to be fixed and addressed uh, this winter. So, Hey, before anyway. we get out of here, yep. um, have you read the articles about the biogenesis and the steroid era and the A-Rod stuff? I saw that yesterday. And I just wondered your take on that because the New York Post's take this morning. Big, big article. Was A-Rod with a picture a of a rat. Apparently threw everybody under the bus. When was this done? What's the time frame around? Do you know when the time frame around the story is like when was was this this wasn't recent, right? This was this is coming out from from late in his career when he played and correct. And, correct. Okay, right. Yeah, Ryan Braun, apparently, and who somebody else. Uh he threw a couple players under the bus as guys who were participating. To the feds. He's, yeah, he spilled his guts to the feds. Yeah, and apparently he was, I, I guess they call it queen for the day, which is apparently language where you when when you sit down and testify, you're doing so without with total immunity. Nothing you say can be held against you. You can't be prosecuted for anything that you admit to, any of that stuff. Um, well, here's what I do know though, Bill. You don't lie to the feds, you don't speculate to the feds. You don't do anything but tell them exactly what you know and only what you know. So for him to bring in other names, to me, that means he was an eyewitness, like physically present kind of thing. But there are rumors, <clears throat> have been rumors, that Alex Rodriguez was using PEDs all the way back to high school. Uh, it's always been one of the things that has been talked about. Uh, he was never natural. 
Um, I, I don't know the, to, to that to what degree that's true or not, uh, but that has never been something players have debated very much. But in a life full of events, he just feels to me like he has got a few more missteps than most people would or should in that situation. You remember, I went in front of Congress in, uh, gosh, the early 2000s. And, you know, before I had the I had made a comment about the fact that, you know, I thought steroids are rampant in the sport. But when you go under oath, you don't speculate because you ruin lives doing that. I mean, look at what people have done to their, you know, athletic trainers, their personal trainers, you know, bonds uh, doing, you know. But at the end of the day, I, and I've said this before, I think that those guys have cost themselves the one thing they played for and the only thing they couldn't buy. And that's a legacy no matter what. And, and, and I think it's unfortunate, um, but it's not a mistake. Right. And, and I said this the other day, Bill, me calling you by the wrong name is a mistake. These are life choices. They're wrong life choices. But they're not mistakes. These aren't accidental slip ups. These are conscious decisions to go in a specific direction, you know, to be morally and ethically wrong. Everybody makes them. Everybody has them. Some just uh, are bigger than others. And some, and like in this case, ruin other people's lives. And that's unfortunate. But uh, yeah, I, I saw that yesterday and I, I kind of, it was one of those ones. I, it was almost like the car accident. I kind of slowed down to watch. I, 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 I didn't want to read it, but I had to. And then once I got into reading it, I was just like, no, oh, man. And your stomach doesn't feel entirely right. No, yeah. no it's just... It's like watching an old episode of Jerry Springer. No matter how funny it is, it's always uncomfortable. Right. Right? Because the guy on stage is the father of all nine women's children or some stupid thing like that. I mean, it's just, there's no happy ending to these. And the only people that that are uh, happy about Star are people who, who relish in other people's misery. Uh, and that's just not, I've never, ever been that guy. But I just feel horrible for the kids and the families that go through these things that you know, I don't know. He threw other players under the bus and brought in other people. And there's, you know, other people's lives are, in fact, in effect in a negative way. And that's it's just not cool. So anyway, um, yeah, we're getting crunch time here, right? I mean, we're we're literally two weeks away. Well, and, less and than. the cool part is you've got four teams in the American League, uh, three teams really fighting it out for two spots. Right. Texas, Seattle and Toronto and in the National League. You know, Phillies, Cubs, Reds, Diamondbacks, Giants, Marlins, all within a half a game of a spot or up. That in 15 to 17 games, that could all change. Yeah. Well, you're looking at this is when uh sweeps end seasons. You can't afford a sweep at this point in the year. You have to have that stopper in your rotation. He needs to be pitched one of these games because you know, uh, you, you jump into a four-game set. Such as what Baltimore and 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 uh, Tampa are headed for four, right? Correct. Those are two games up. Four games by Tampa is two game is a two game lead in the division, right? Four games by Baltimore is a six game lead, right? That's an eight game swing. Somebody sweeps, the season's over. You go two and two, you're where you're at on Monday today. You know, somebody goes three one, they pick up two. It's a tied division, or Baltimore's four up. I mean, right. this is a this it's is a huge you, series. Well, it's where you, like I said, you got to have your stopper. Right. You need your ace. You need your Scherzer in this series to guarantee you don't get swept. 
and neither team I think is going in with the sweet mentality of getting swept, but you know, as the four games go, the team that wins the first game is a game away from splitting the series for three right. games. And that's such a big thing. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, when we show up Tuesday, that decision, that that series will be over and maybe that division will be decided because could like be. I said, could be. we're looking at two weeks, right? 15, yeah. 15 games, not even uh, 15 games. It's 15-ish. All right. Yeah. So 15 games. So, yeah. uh, you know, to be two games better than somebody over 15, you have to go 10 and eight or 10 and five, and they need to go eight and seven to tie. Right. And so anything, you, you know, 13 and two, they can go 11 and four. So you start playing those things out. Any more than two games tends to be almost insurmountable unless that team's on your schedule. So we'll see how it plays out. But I'm I'm expecting Baltimore to kind of have a weekend and, and you know, come out of that series. Uh, I, I expect them to come out of the series. Uh, I say Baltimore will take three out of four and be uh, four up when the series ends just based on on how they look and how they're playing. And some other stuff, a lot of other personal milestones to be paying attention to uh, over the next two weeks as well. Some 30-30s, some 40-40s, some 50-50s maybe. All right, anywhere you guys find your podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify, hopefully you go to outkick.com. You can find it there as well. On the show tab on the Outkick page, you can find a podcast for Dan Dockich, uh, Tommy Laren, Clay Travis, some really good stuff. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, especially on the political side of things. So, and uh, my important fantasy football team won its first week. So things are good. And I didn't have Aaron Rodgers. Thank God. You guys have a great weekend. Uh, Bill, John, catch you guys uh, on the flip side.